Welcome into the Sports Objective. I'm Dave Richmond. Glad to have you here on a Wednesday night hump day edition. And ladies and gentlemen, first, let's bring in the man that's better as a ladies' man than Tim Meadows. And of course, that's Kyle from the McGrange Barber. How are you, sir? Sitting here with a nice bottle of Cavassier. <laughs> and another ladies' man, but he's married now, so he's retired from the ladies' man thing. And that's the P-Man. How are you? It is an honor to be back with you guys, and uh, great to see uh, you, Dave, and great to hear Kyle here tonight. No question. A lot to talk about. Uh, I know you're in limited time, so you got a call with the wife here in a little while, so we want to go ahead and get started with, uh, by the way, fans, if you have anything you'd like to ask P-Man, uh, then you can put those on uh, Facebook or YouTube, and we'll get those questions out. Uh, wow. Put those on the screen for P-Man. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're moving up in the world, my friend. Um, no, this is good. This is good. No question. So I uh, want to get your thoughts. Uh, obviously disappointed uh, as far as the basketball season with with uh, COVID hurting uh, yeah. Joe Dooley's staff. And I uh, want you to get your thoughts on that. So, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I got to spend some time with Joe in his office Sunday before the game when they wrapped up the season. And, you know, a lot of the things that uh, Joe was talking about beyond just that game were quite interesting. It's been a rough year of starts and stops. Uh, you know, he, he said this is almost like a second or third season, really. Uh, and I mean, you know, so I know you all are on the Facebook and uh, you know how they do that memory thing where uh, past posts or whatever. So I yeah. see one yesterday. A year ago, I was in my second day of the bridge show between David Glenn and Adam Gold and the transitional champion for all you wrestling fans out there. And I was, um, I was, uh, that day talking to Wes Moore, who was the ECU women's coach for 15 minutes, uh, after stated just won their first title. I forget who else was on there, but I remember Greg Murphy was on there with Dr. Murphy who's, uh, in the Walter Jones seat. And I remember him saying he would not go to the ACC tournament. If he were a fan, he would not go to the state championship games, which were going to be played that weekend, which I was going to do if he were a, um, uh, you know, a partisan uh, for one of the teams. And I thought to myself, that's just a guy being overly cautious. So here we were uh, literally on the verge of the world coming to uh, an end sports-wise in 2020 a year ago today. Uh, what I bring this up because the Pirates were there to take you all behind the curtain. We had done an interview with Joe the day before uh, to air on Thursday to, you know, promote the ECU game that night. And of course, uh, we never we we get the we get the <coughs> real time happening at twelve fifteen that Florida State's warming up on the floor and they're about to wrap this thing up. Uh, and when I started seeing that on the social media, I'm shoving, you know, everything down because uh, the Joe interview, you know, we didn't have him live, so we couldn't ask for real time reaction. But you know, we there we were um, having to shelve everything and, and book guests on the fly to find out what was going on in Greensboro, what was going on in Fort Worth, what was going on at different places around the country. So uh, I think there's a bit, great deal of gratitude to be back and be playing this. You know, in Memphis is shorthanded. Memphis is probably going to get to the title game to get into the big dance, uh, which uh, is good for the American if they do. SMU is shorthanded, probably would have to win the whole thing at this point, to be quite honest with you, uh, to get in. Wichita uh, looks like they're safely in. Obviously, Houston, Lenardi's got them as high as a two. Uh, all good for the Americans. So this is one of those deals where, uh, you know, the old SEC chant, AAC is what uh, pirate fans should be chanting 
uh, whenever their season does come to an end, if it doesn't result in a, an appearance in the in the A, or even if it does result in an NCAA tournament appearance, they get hot and pull off a great miracle and win the title. Uh, you know, you want the conference to do well. You want as many teams to get in there as possible. So I'm really rooting for Memphis this weekend beyond the Pirates uh, because uh, that's good for the American. That's good for the uh, bottom line in this uh, day and age to get teams in the NCAA. Uh, here's the thing I noticed the other day. Joe Dooley's really got, if we're being really frank, guys, Joe Dooley's got not a whole lot of places to go with uh, Pig out and uh, with Baruti, who's on the trip and may play. Uh, we'll see. But I mean, with those guys out, to a lesser degree, Coleman, that's just a tough, tough deal. I mean, there was just nowhere to go when you when ECU hits, unfortunately, these inevitable lulls uh, in the second half of a game that they are nip and tuck in. And uh, they wind up, that I mean, that's what, you know, hurt him against Cincinnati the other day. I do think this, I think the Bearcats are going to beat SMU uh, when they do play uh, in the uh, quarterfinal four or five matchup, because I, I think, you know, SMU has been out of this, has not played a game since the ECU game yeah. and they have yet to come back. So I, that's, that's kind of my belief, but look, I'm still a Joe Dooley believer. Dave, you and I are old school. We remember Joe the first time Kyle does too, I'm sure. Uh, sure. But we're, you know, look, I still believe in Joe. Joe's all over the recruiting trail. I think this kid from uh, BC is going to be going to be productive. Uh, Joe may or may not have given me some thoughts on that off the record, but I mean, here's the legitimate situation there. Uh, a good kid got caught in a bad situation with this COVID madness, but he averaged 14 and shot 40% from behind the arc in, in, in a big boy league. He'll be a, he'll be a really big help. And look, it's going to be the wild west with this transfer portal. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens with the pie. I mean, look, all the teams that are, that are on the bubble. I talked to Brian mold today on my show and all the teams that are on the bubble, all the teams that could still, everybody's still playing their conference tournament basically. So you had 200 guys into the transfer portal last week after a lot of conferences finished things up. Now you're probably going to have many more added to the transfer portal. There's a chance I, talking to different division one coaches and assistants all throughout the year this year, it could get into early September before rosters are finalized with this transfer portal stuff. And, and you know what, how that will favor, I think ECU has got to be ready to do whatever. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. I mean, I, I transfer portals become a, become a year round, almost like a, a second recruiting time for coaches uh, looking for the transfer portal to fill holes. And now with uh, everybody getting the extra year of eligibility, it just adds another element to it. Um, but you talk about the conference tournament. To me, it's simple. If we want to, if we want to have a chance in the conference tournament, we got to get hot from three and stay hot from yeah. three. If we can well, get and they weren't. Three, yeah. Well, look at Cincinnati the other day. I mean, they're next to the last in the league at shooting the three. And they shot it like the the Gold State Warriors of a few years ago the other day. Yeah. Um, Pirates had been shooting the three ball okay, much improved from last year. But this second law, I just, you know, Joe said today, we have a chance to finally get some reps and play some games. Now, is it enough time to get hot and get going? Uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, as crazy as it sounds, the conditioning's a big thing. I thought ECU looked tired in the second half at times the other day, much less than they did against UCF. I thought their legs were a little heavy at times and again I, I just I think when Jaden is surrounded and you can't get the ball to him um you gonna have guys making those threes like you noted Kyle that's a problem because there's really nowhere to go for this uh, team right now yeah and guys um 
I want you guys to be thinking about this before uh, before Patrick goes for his conversation with his wife. Uh, he brought it up. Uh, the the I want, uh, before he goes. I want. Well, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Kyle. Let me. I haven't scheduled a con- we. My wife and I have a phone call. We've got to be on. Well, uh, yeah. I'm not. I haven't scheduled a conversation okay, with my wife. Well, yeah, I didn't know if your, your wife may be out of. Your wife may be out of town. Just no, she never her. goes anywhere. She never. That's why I got to go over. She looks forward to when I. She always asks me, "Are you going to be gone this weekend doing okay, a game?" Okay. So, so you and your wife have an important phone call to make with someone else. Okay, precisely. Uh, so, all right, all right. Uh, so b- before he goes, so I, I need I need both y'all's favorite transitional champions since he brought it up. <laughs> oh, the Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik, baby. Your Iron Sheik's your favorite transitional Sheiky, champion. Really. Sheiky baby. Sheiky baby's the the best. Well, I mean, I'm a Bret Hart mark. So I, me de- too, but yeah. who the hell would have thought me and Patrick Johnson would have had that in common? See? I'm Brett, a huge Bret Hart fan. Right. So, like, when Bret won it and won it at the pay-per-view and then lost it on Raw that one day back in the uh, pre-attitude era. You, but look, Brett's a five-type champion. We can't call him a transit. So it's the Sheiky Baby. Sheiky Baby's my favorite transitional champion. Uh, perhaps the late great Ivan Koloff in the WWWF. Yeah, I, she, she, in terms of importance, and winning it from Backlund and then losing it to Hogan, uh, that, that's pretty pretty stout. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to, you know, I brought up the topic. Now I'm going to have to think about it. I was I was I was going Ronnie Garvin, but you can't be a transitional champion when you beat Flair then lose it to Flair. So that really right. doesn't work. So, right. Uh, that was that was just. I mean, uh, Tommy Rich maybe, maybe Tommy. Yeah, Rich? I don't. I really uh, no. He, he he Harley beat him and then he lost it to Harley. So that's really not yeah. transitional. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to think about it, Dave. Have you got anybody? You still? I wasn't prepared for that one. Uh, I have to think. I have to think on that one as well with the cheeky baby. Cheeky Gotta baby. be cheeky, right. baby. Yeah. By the way, definitely, well, uh, definitely a good one. I dressed yeah. as the Iron Sheik one year uh, during Greenville Halloween when I was in, in school. I I had gotten these shoes that were clown shoes, and I'd spray painted them to look like the Sheik's boots because they had the curled toes. Yes. What a great costume, cheeky baby. That's, that sounds good. By the way, uh, PJ, we got the people. If you want uh, any of the fans want to talk to uh, Patrick, to, then uh, you can put in the comments for Facebook and YouTube. And uh, Carol Owen says hi. So there you go. Hi, hi to-, to Carol. There you go. Hi, Carol. There you go. Wait, wait, wait. I got we'll, we'll, we'll get done with this topic. Speak, uh, speaking of the Iron Sheik. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go, Patrick. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll stay on that same line of thinking with, with, with Bob Backlund, Iron Sheik. Uh, Bob Backlund beats Bret Hart at Survivor Series. Yeah. Diesel beats Bob Backlund at the Garden. Yeah, that's so probably another Bob good one. Backlund is my favorite transitional champion. That was a that was a sweet bit of irony, was it not? Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk uh, while we have a chance to the uh, firing of uh, no surprise Les Miles at Kansas. Um, uh, Want to get you guys uh, thoughts on that? And so get your thoughts on that. And the second part of this is. What is the toughest football job in America? I'm going to go Kansas, but there's other jobs. But I think Kansas has got to be the the toughest. They fired the AD today, apparently. Oh, did uh, they? Kansas, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so the AD's gone. So the old adage, don't uh, hire your fr- your friends, get you fired. Um, you know, when you hire yeah. Les Miles as your friend. But I just want to get your take on that for you guys. Uh, uh, tough, toughest football job in America is New Mexico State, and our buddy Doug Martin's out there. Because um, are they still independent? They are. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, because they don't have the they don't have the fan base. Liberty does. They don't certainly have the fan base or following that. I don't have any BYU or yeah Notre Dame or um, well, I, I you know Liberty will have you believe that every evangelical will root for them like every Catholic does Notre <laughs> Dame and every Mormon does BYU. Uh, I'm being, and I'm being serious about that. You know, Army and Navy obviously had or, or Navy when they were an independent, but Army has its own following quite obviously in the national following of that so yeah new mexico is probably tough i think of the p5 uh kansas and vanderbilt are probably two of the tough toughest ones for various reasons and then duke i mean look i they want they want to get rid of cutcliffe and durham uh do they remember what the hell was going on there before he got there yeah big mistake uh i wouldn't i wouldn't get rid of cut uh toughest power five job yeah i think you got to go kansas i don't uh, Vanderbilt, it is in the South, obviously it's got academic restrictions, uh, but it still is in the South, Kansas. You know, I really don't know. I, honestly, when you look back at, uh, Mangino at Kansas, what he did there was remarkable. Um, I really don't know what Kansas does at this point. It's, it's been disaster after disaster in terms of less, you know, I obviously, I honestly haven't caught, kept up with that story. Um, I, I know, you know, he, he evidently. I uh, had some inappropriate uh, actions with some young ladies that were students at LSU. Uh, w- what exactly is the story with that, guys? Because I, I didn't start keeping up with us until I heard he got fired at Kansas, and then I, and then I was like, all right, well, what happened? So, uh, w- what exactly did he do uh, while he was at LSU? It says inappropriate contact with female students. At, all right, uh, in Kansas. All right, they, I'm just re- I'm kind of like you. I'm reading this. Uh, it was why it was in Baton Rouge. It was at LSU, I believe. Yeah, that's what it is. So it stems back yeah. to what happened at LSU. Dave, and, and, do, you, do you have more details on it? I mean, I know, obviously. He, yeah, I just know basic stuff. I don't know, like, the intimate details I, of the I, okay. I guess this stems from what happened at LSU, and now he's, yes. you know, he's toasted Kansas. From what, from what I read, he he maybe had a few students uh, alone at his house in Baton Rouge. Uh, right. Apparently right. made an offer to one of them that he could help her out with her career and some financial stuff and uh i you know i i i'd like to know the true details obviously it's 2021 and you're not going to get away with that um but i'd like to know the true details i'd like to know you know it was it multiple girls was it one or two girls the the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter if it's one or 100 it does to me it does to me Uh, but it just takes one unless you're Oh yeah, it takes one. Well, yeah. it takes one, but there may have been twenty. It may right. have been one that spoke oh, no. up and twenty yeah. that didn't. It just it, it, and, and twenty might have been glad to take the money. And unless you're a Democrat, <laughs> it doesn't. It it matters unless you're uh, not to get political, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, I say that in a little bit of jest, right. but I mean it. It's just in this day and age, you you can't have that situation. I'll I'll say this though, and the LSU things, Dave. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are just allegations at this point correct is that what the lsu situation is yeah. it goes back to 2013 they did an right. inve- internal investigation but you know how those go p man right i mean so they're, they're- well, my point is this he doesn't lose to uh on on quasi-national television to uh you know coastal he doesn't go out there and lay an egg like he has um you know who knows where this is. Uh, I think I, I think in twenty. I think in twenty twenty one. Unfortunately, um, I say unfortunately. God, people are going to take me wrong. Uh, I think in twenty twenty one, 
he's gone no matter what. Uh, if it was, you know, yep. 2000. They were, they were looking for Yeah, they were looking any way they could fire him. This is a, a good no, I don't know about that, Dave. I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, it's it, it just with the way society is now, um, I'm not even sure we're allowed to look at women without asking them first anymore. So, um, uh, yeah, you, you're going to get fired if you have any kind of allegations like that. Well, I, and I think that's just it. I mean, they're allegations. They need to be taken seriously, and Kansas made the decision to do what they have, have done. Why didn't anything happen at LSU? Uh, again, you know, he, he at the time was a national champion uh, chip coach, uh, but uh, and times are much, much different. So, uh, but I, look, with the cloud of that, but but just with what you've got to do in the Big 12 to you got to score points. You got to bring somebody in. And that's the other thing on the field. They ran an absolute archaic system that was uh, that was uh, not not going to score not going to score enough points to win football games in the Big Twelve as it is. This is uh, this was inevitable. Uh, it might have been the on the field that eventually would have got him. If I was Kansas, yeah, if, if I was Kansas, and with with all the air raid there and with their lack of talent, uh, if it were me, um, you know, I don't know how much longer. Uh, Ken Miyamatololo is going to want to coach at Navy. He's been there for forever. Um, I would throw everything I could at Miyamatololo or either coach uh, Munkin up at Army, and uh, I'd run the triple option. I'd do something completely different. Um, I I think that would give Kansas an advantage in the Big 12. That that They're not going to ever have the most talent, run a unique offense, this run base versus pass base like everybody else in the Big 12. Uh, That's what I'd do. I'd be hiring Coach Munkin at Army or Coach Miyamatololo at Navy. By the way, you saw a guy that I think you know who he is. Uh, ben Byram says the Sheik's super producer so- Ben Byram. Yeah, he's not a fan of the, of the Sheik. Ben's Ben's been a wild man today, so he's back to uh, outlandish uh, jive talk. But he's a big uh, look. Ben gets emotional about combat sports, so he uh, he'll he'll have an opinion on this as far as uh, that goes. Uh, he he loves the he he loves the uh, UFC, uh, the MMA boxing and to a degree uh, pro wrestling he's he's all about it. he gets emotional about it yeah speaking of pro wrestling uh we're, we're just all over the place tonight do you guys see the exploding ring in aew sunday night i've heard about it and i've heard oh, it was it was God. it was it was an embarrassment is what yeah, i heard it was ridiculous tony khan's a joke uh that jacksonville jaguars is a joke of an organization for football and he is his wrestling promotion is a joke he uh it, that, that, that that exploding ring was uh Oh, I would have asked for a refund if, if I ordered that pay-per-view. It was beyond embarrassing. I mean, it was a possible part, to say the least. <laughs> Let's talk about something that's been going well, and that's the Pirates on the baseball diamond. Pirates now 10-2. and two. Uh, Some polls, a top-10 team now, PJ. we got a few minutes with you, so I want to make sure we, we can talk wrestling all night. But yeah, uh, right. Cliff and the boys have done uh, really proud of the program and Man, they have a. I, I've said on the show almost every episode. I really believe we have a super regional team, the first time ever in Greenville. Yeah, uh, Greenville. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> so. The thing that I think that um, fans probably uh, and, and Coach Godwin mentioned this beginning of the year, but it's, it does ring true. Not only do the Pirates bring a lot back, but a lot of other really good teams brought a lot back as as well. That as we've seen, that super regional round is. Uh, uh, kind of the next strata, and the Pirates have been uh, beating on that door for, for a number of years. The pitching is obviously phenomenal. 
Uh, I talked to some people who uh, were at this game uh, from a coverage standpoint yesterday, non-ECU-related folks today. Uh, they were impressed not only by uh, the pitching that ECU has, but also just the way that the Pirates are swinging the bat. I mean, look at Seth Cadell, who yeah. all of a sudden, you know, the, the big knock was, well, great leader, uh, going to be great behind the plate defensively and handling uh, the uh, staff. And, uh, you know, that's one of those uh, things. He's now hitting for average. Guys, I need to scoot, but uh, I right. appreciate it very much, and uh, we'll catch up soon. All, All right, PJ. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, guys. No, no doubt. One thing to, to look right. forward to in baseball is we hit towards conference play. We got a couple more non-conference series, but once we get in conference play, there's going to be no more midweek games, and we're going to have four-game series. And with the pitching depth we have, where we can use seven, eight pitchers in a game, yep. um, playing mid, playing four-game series uh, in place of a midweek game. Um, means you know you're gonna have to go three and one to win your series. You can split them at two and two. I think that yep. gives us a huge advantage, a huge advantage, because a lot of teams struggle with midweek pitchers. Um, so the fact that we we're set there, and now that midweek pitcher is going to come into play for conference series, uh, I don't know. Who knows what's going to end up happening? But just just on paper. I think we could end up having a really special record in conference. No question. I mean, you look at the you look at the Pirates, and that that very that that makes a uh, you make a great point, Kyle. Uh, that fact that we're we're going to dominate. I think the conference um, that we're going to dominate the conference because we have the pitching where some of the other ones may not. Uh, but I, I would argue that we have the best pitch, p- pitching in the conference without even. We have, know, the most depth. Depth. we have the most depth. We have the most depth. I don't know that we have the best, you know, one, two, three, Friday, Saturday, Sunday starters, but we have the most depth. And with yep. playing four-game series in conference, that could be a big advantage for us. No question. We're looking forward to uh, spending time with the Pirates. And I, I was talking to a Pirate fan today that you know, Kyle, uh, the very fact that I'm hoping that we can have fans in the stands for the regional and for the super regional uh, coming up, uh, that would be uh, like, in other words, a full house or close to a full house to finally have the fans back. They're going to be that place is going to be rocking at Clark LeClaire. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much they, you know, with with COVID numbers keep going down, vaccine numbers keep going up. It'll be interesting to see at what point, you know, they allow it go, to go to 100% for outside. I, I don't know if it'll be by June or May or not. Um, I'd like to see an increase from 30, you know, if things go well, 30% here and numbers aren't going up, let's go ahead and go up to 50% and then let's keep increasing it. Inclement, inclement, I can't say that word a little <laughs> at a time. <laughs> um, and, uh, until we get to hundred percent. No question. I I'm excited. Uh, I tell you what, we've got, we got a situation now where we're going to, if you look at it, Kyle, if we continue, I was thinking about this afternoon. Uh, three and one. If we continue to go three and one, three and one, three and one, uh, then that's going to be uh, fantastic. And uh, we have a big series coming up, Kyle, and this weekend with Charlotte. We'll get your take. We have Coach Robert Woodard, that uh, second-year coach. Uh, yeah, I believe Charlotte beat Tennessee last night. They did, and uh, our very own Bubba uh, Rosenbaum had a chance to catch up with him. And let's go to that right now. Right. 
Wait not the other one. Sorry. Dave Sorry about that. Difficulties. He, he, bear with us, and we'll have that interview. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. So keep. Uh, I guess it's not there like what I was looking for. So I apologize. We for don't that. have the interview. We lied to you. Hey, we will have it, and uh, we'll have it in moments. So I'll keep looking for it. Uh, so keep talking, Kyle. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, yeah, we we uh, we picked up a nice grad transfer for football. I uh, mentioned on the last show, offensive lineman out of Oregon State. Uh, we have a, a big-time offensive lineman uh, from Texas Tech uh, that was um, their third-highest-graded offensive lineman last year. Uh, he's playing a lot of football for the Red Raiders that is in the transfer portal that is going to be visiting Greenville on his own dime with his parents. So that bodes well um, right now, you know, Crystal Ball uh, over at Hoist the Color, Stephen Igo's site says he's uh, says he's going to be a pirate. If we pick him up, that'll be a huge commitment. Uh, that's the kind of kid that's a difference maker on the O line. Um, so uh, as we as we you know we're getting into spring football, uh, keep keep an eye on that. Um, and then uh, after the FCF season's going, which by the way, it, you know there's been a lot of discussion over the years about moving FCS football or even Group of Five football. To the spring, that yeah, should end that. This should end that discussion because Thank nobody's you. paying any attention to it. Um, right. It's not on TV anywhere. Um, there are probably people out there right now that don't even realize it's going on. But uh, it, after, it, it, after the FCS season is done, uh, I think we, it's going to be an interesting situation. Um, you got kids that are seniors there at FCS schools right now that yeah. are going to have another year of eligibility, and you're going to have and because they will have all graduated because they're seniors. You're gonna have a lot of kids now who can go play, who are finishing up their, their senior year this year, this spring at FCS schools, that are gonna be graduated, who can have one year more year of eligibility, who may get their shot to go play FBS ball. Um, you know, a lot of those kids that are seniors this year at JMU, um, Coach Houston would have recruited. So uh, yeah. who knows what can happen? Maybe some defensive linemen or linebackers uh, from the FCS ranks to kind of strengthen up that core, which we were young at last year. I do think we're solid at defensive line and linebacker, but you could always use some uh, some grad transfers there, particularly at defensive end. And uh, it'll be interesting to see this summer um, how those guys that are graduating this spring that are, that are going to have another year of eligibility at the FCS level, how many of those guys transfer out to FBS programs for the fall. No doubt about it. Let's see if we can go now to that interview. Earlier on today, this morning, Ivory on Bubba Rosenbaum sat down with Robert Woodard, the second-year head coach for the 49ers of Charlotte. Big series this weekend at Clark LeClaire. And let's see if we can go to that right now. Give it up, Dave. Well, Dave, maybe we should just release this interview on its own uh, a little bit later on. Or is it, is it already out there where people can see it? I, I think it is. I think it is. But we were supposed to have both uh, there. But anyway. So is um, it available on our Facebook and YouTube pages right now? Uh, we'll have to check and see. I don't. I haven't had a chance to see this afternoon, to be honest. I was working. so. Uh, but anyway. Well, uh, we, we will, Guys, check our Facebook and YouTube pages. 
uh, and we will have that interview with uh, Charlotte head coach Robert Woodard uh, out on our social media on its own, so you guys can hear that uh, after the show. No doubt about it. Look, we, well, there's other stuff that we can uh, definitely talk about. Uh, get your thoughts on uh, what, what are you thinking about to, uh, tomorrow night with the, the big game with the Pirates and UCF? We'll start that. I honestly don't know, to be honest with you, Dave. I haven't. I, I, I've, I've lost all faith in, in this basketball team with all the COVID stuff. I, um, you know, I think if we can get hot from three, we can, you know, it, it sh- history shows if, if Jaden can can get in the paint and do what Jaden does, if we can get hot from three, uh, to, so he so he can get some shots in the paint and get fouled, um, we can be successful. If the threes aren't going down, we're going to get beat. I think that's the key. Um, uh, if we, if we want to beat UCF and have a chance to move on in the tournament, we're going to have to get hot from three. We're going to have to stay hot for three the whole tournament. Uh, if we can do that, we'll have a shot. I mean, I, I really think we could, you know, if we get high from three, I think we can make it deep in the tournament. Who, you know, who knows what could happen. Um, but we're going to have to stay high from three the whole tournament. So, uh, wouldn't surprise me if we win tomorrow night. Wouldn't surprise me if we go uh, one and done. That's going to be uh, fantastic. By the way, Jake Gardner, th- finally, the sports writers for the American, voted him first team all AC, uh, AAC and that was uh, today, so we found that out. So congratulations. Uh, well, it's the first time ever we've had a guy, third team all AAC, second team all AAC, and now this time first year, uh, first time ever for him that we have a player, uh, first time, uh, first team all AAC. It's the first time we've ever had that period, uh, my understanding. So uh, congratulations, Jaden. That's a, that's a really big one. Uh, you talked about the football uh, transfer portal. Uh, man, it's it's going to be great. I know that when we had Coach Houston on just a few weeks ago, he was talking about what was the four slots he had, four scholarships left o- open for that. Uh, I don't remember the exact number, but you got one taken, I'm, assu- I'm assuming, by the offensive lineman from, uh, from Morgan State. Hopefully we get the offensive lineman from Texas Tech, and uh, that'll leave a couple more uh, for the defensive side of the ball. I got a feeling, you know, we're just going to be taking uh, uh, linemen or and linebackers, uh, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, and linebackers um, would be my guess. Uh, I'm sure if the right receiver became available, we would uh, we would take him. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I think there could be some real interesting talent from the FCS ranks in the grad transfer portal. Um, after uh, the FCS spring season is done. By the way, I, I, well, maybe can, Mike can give us some clarification on this. Mike Radford will put a comment he had up here, and that is the uh, the five most monumental ECU athletic victories. Were you there? So maybe if he can clarify, he's uh, one of our uh, regular five viewers. Most monumental athletic victories. Were you there? Well, it depends on depends on uh, what you consider the five most monumental. I mean, obviously. Uh, Peach Bowl versus NC State. I was there. Um, I would say 99 versus Miami. There. Um, I, I guess technically, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, You know, uh, some, people, some people would argue that Houston win earlier this year in basketball. Uh, some people would, order, would argue making the, uh, the NCAA the tournament. tournament winning the Colonial in basketball. I was there. Uh, 
uh, some people would argue that West Virginia win in Greenville when they were ranked in the top 10 and, uh, in 2008, 08. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, there's so many, that's, that's really hard to, what, what are your top five? Uh, if he's, if, if you're still watching, what, what, what are your five, what, what do you consider the five monumental victories? You first Post said yes to both. Do what? Yeah. Yeah. Put those, uh, Michael and, uh, Mike Radford, put those on Facebook and maybe you can, uh, it's a hot topic there. People may want to ch chime in on what their five most monumental ECU victories, uh, what you know, they are think you, are they you are. Talking, are you talking all sports? Are you talking, uh, just football? I'm assuming he means all sports. Um, yeah. you know, I, 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 you know, any of the ones from North Carolina, I, a lot of people say 14 because of how big the blowout was. I think it was 07. Uh, I think when uh, when you hadn't beaten oh, them since the 70s and then yeah. you beat them in 07 in Greenville, to me that was a pretty monumental moment. At that particular time, the last time that uh, – exactly, the last time that uh, East Carolina had beaten Carolina was 1981. And I remember there was an article about uh, Williams, who was still living at the time, was 38. Uh, what, what year did the last say, time? Uh, What's that? What the 2007 year? one. What year did you say we had beaten them prior? The last time we had beat them was, I think, 81. I don't think that's right. It was in the 70s. Well, it was like 38. Was that not right? 1981? No, it was in the 70s. I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost positive it was uh, like 70, 70, 74, maybe. It, it wasn't 81. Look it up. I will look that. So somebody, we'll somebody will know that. Uh, Johnny Gardner, are you watching? Look that up there. Uh, I thought it was eighty-one. The last. No, it wasn't eighty-one. It wasn't eighty-one. Yeah, but, but anyway, I. Uh, we'll look, we'll look, yeah, I'll look. I'll look it up here. That was the. Yeah. Well, look it up, Dave. This is a great. Show. <laughs> it is a great one. Yeah. Go down. I'm yeah. classic. Well, I'm trying. It, it helps when uh, the person that's supposed to have an interview for us doesn't have it. So, um, but anyway, but it's all good. Uh, let's talk about. There's plenty of stuff. To Bubba's going to kick so. your ass for that, Dave. What's that? Bubba's going to kick your ass for that. Well, I mean, that's part of it. Uh, that's part of it. You know, when we build a show, we have to have stuff ready. So, um, but anyway, so uh, <laughs> when you get your shovel. No, I'm not getting my shovel. Keep, I'm keep just straight up. No, I'm not. Um, I'll say what I want to say. I mean, you know, when you're doing a live show, I mean, literally, that's yeah, the thing. So yeah. he said, I, I will get, um, you know, he, anyway, um, you're trying to get me to do that. So I'm not going to go there. Uh, I will. He said he's going to give it all yes to all sports. So let's do that. Uh, Mike, if you can tell us. To, to me, I think the 93, uh, the win over James Madison. And then when I was there at the, and, and Winston-Salem when East Carolina took on uh, the Tar Heels. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't beat the Tar Heels, but they put a Lester Lions put on a show that day and kept it close for a long time until towards the end. They ended up, I believe, losing by 20. Um, yeah. If I'm going to go top five monumental moments in ECU history, um, I'm going to go uh, uh, probably the first ever time we beat the Tar Heels back in the 70s was not there. Uh, I'll go, uh, 91 peach bowl was not there. Um, I'll go, um, I'll go 99 versus Miami was not there. <laughs> I'll go, uh, I'll go, uh, 
probably uh, 07 versus North Carolina to me was a big moment. I was there yep. for that. Uh, and then, uh, oh, man, um, you, you look at the conference championship games. You want to put those in there. You know, I, I think of the 09 conference championship game in Houston against Houston because we were hosting it. I was there for that one. I would say that's a, a monumental moment. So I guess that'd be my top five. Uh, but then you, you're leaving out a lot of important baseball moments. Um, you know, uh, winning the regional in Greenville against South Carolina. Um, that was a big moment. So uh, there's a lot of other moments. It's really hard to narrow it down to five. He's asking about the NC State win in the 19 regional. That was a nice win. I think that uh, that actually sparked us to, uh, for sure, to come back and win that thing. I mean, we had to play, what, four games and what, what less was with 48 hours. I mean, it was a short period of time. And uh, so that was a great Sunday win there, uh, there at Clark O'Clair. I don't know if that's one of the – I mean, it's one of the best as far as the rivalries. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a cool moment. I wouldn't put it in top five. Now, if you want to just say your top five moments you were at personally – um, and maybe that's what he means. Uh, then, uh, then yeah, I mean, if you were there and that's in your top five, great. But uh, in terms of history of uh, – I don't even know if that would be a top five. Well, you might put that in top five moment of the history of the baseball program because that was the catalyst for us to win that regional yeah. and hit on to the Supers. So, uh, you know, once we did that, we knew it was smooth selling after that, even though we already had a loss. Once you beat the Wolfpack, you knew it was ours. We were going to win that regional. So, you know, you, you could definitely put it in the top five moments for baseball, for sure. Um, no, no question. And uh, certainly the uh, that, that walk-off uh, in 2016 to beat Virginia, the national champion uh, oh, for the College yeah, World Series, that was, that, that's, that was huge. I almost jumped out of a truck. Uh, I was listening to that on the radio, uh, and uh, I remember I was watching the regional at the house, uh, thought it was over, so we hit. We're on our way to Greenville. I remember we were going to eat at Red Robin, and uh, when we came back and won that thing, I literally almost opened my truck. I was, I, I had to do something, and I, I just, I, I felt like I wanted to jump out of the truck. I ended up throwing something out of the window. I don't remember what it was. I was just, <laughs> I was just so, I just had to get the energy out. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was, it, that was a great moment. In terms of exciting moments, yeah. Now I don't know, you know, how monumental that was. Had we went on and beat Texas Tech in the in the supers, and you, you could you could have said, yeah, huge monumental moment. But um, exciting, and that was one of the most exciting moments I've ever experienced for Pirate baseball was that comeback against Virginia, and then to uh, to win it in Charlottesville, and that catapulted us to winning that regional. No question. I mean, it's uh, there's. I think it's. Uh... It's very subjective, right? I mean, whatever you think. Yeah, most it is subjective. I mean, I, I think you have your, your your for sure moments like the the, the Peach Bowl. You know, some people w- would uh would put you know the Pittsburgh game from that year in there too, but uh, I think your for sure moment would be the Peach Bowl, and then after that, it's all kind of subjective. Subjective. Well, like when our good friend Terry Gallagher, the '78 Independence Bowl. Sure. You know, winning that was huge. The '83 team. They had a lot of, uh, I mean, big games, and they lost the three Florida schools with, you know, I mean, hardly uh, that that uh, those three games, and there were some bad calls in there. I mean, that could have easily been a perfect season. Um, 
you know, you could talk about the perfect team or not the perfect teams, but uh, some of the best teams ever. You could go there. Uh, you know, some of the best coaches ever. There's a lot of things that you could uh, play off of that um, for sure. But uh, certainly, that's uh, that's something that we could talk uh, for hours, don't you think, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, you 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 name your top five moments, most monumental moments, et cetera. I mean, that's you can go all over the place. I think it's I think it's probably better to do it by sport. Your top five for baseball, top five for basketball, and top five for football would probably be a lot easier way to do it. No question, because then when you're focused so, solely on that sport, then you have with uh, Cliff Godwin, you could say maybe the five, the the biggest games in the one era, Cliff Godwin era. Or, you know, even you could even well, you narrow just, it down. You just say five, you, you, it's your top five moments for that sport. I, I think that makes it a lot easier. I mean, I think I can clearly define the top five moments for ECU football, uh, ECU baseball, uh, basketball. I, basketball might be the easiest because there's so few. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there's no question about it. I mean, like we were talking about last night, there's only been a handful of winning seasons I mean, you in go, the you modern go. one era. You go, I guess, the NCAA appearance in the 70s, the NCAA appearance, you know, the, the win over, you know, the win uh, over JMU in uh, 93 to go to the NCAAs, uh, your, your two wins over Marquette, and uh, your win over Houston. Uh, and then I, I guess you got to have NC State a, game. Yeah, you got to have an honorable mention of that NC State game in, in Greenville. The 72 uh, team that made the, it was 72 and 93. We have two tournament appearances. So, yeah. Yep. That was way before my time, but um, I would have to put the '72 team in there to make the tournament. Has to be would be in my yeah, top five. That's the first one I name. Yeah, yeah. I mean those two and the yeah. So we gotta we gotta do that. So uh, as far as as far as the um, one thing I saw the day is about the thinking about the spring game. Are you going to the spring game? Probably. Yeah. Um, I normally don't go to the spring game. I always think it's. It's more stressful than anything because you don't know what you're looking at. But, uh, you know, I I was fortunate enough to go to two games last year thanks to, uh, well, thanks to someone. (laughs) uh, I uh, I wonder who that could be. uh, Do what? I was joking. I said, I wonder who that could be. Right, yeah. Well, you know who it is, but we we won't say their name. uh, I know. And, uh, but it's going to be great to get in there with some actual fans. You know, only 7% last year. Well, 30% for football, which is – that's about a normal spring game attendance. In fact, that would be a good spring game attendance if we could get 30% in there. So, uh, exactly. let, let's let's, uh, let's pack it. Let, let, let's get the most we can get in there, which is 30%, and uh, have some fun watching these guys play. No question, especially when uh, by then, for sure, there's going to be tailgating, right? I mean, they have – they're already uh, – I mean, that's next month. So, I mean, I don't, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. They already have it now where you have 10 people or less together, like in a, right, for uh, the outdoor stuff. So they can, they can spread, you can spread that out where you, uh, in other words, it's not going to be well, a regular. Well, I mean, if you want to tailgate, you can tailgate. You, you can find spots to tailgate. I mean, we, 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 you know, we tailgated some, uh, Bubba and I and a few other people, you know, in one of the little side streets uh, for the, uh, for the two lane game. So, I mean, if you want to tailgate, you, you can find somewhere to tailgate. No question about it. Uh, got a, a nice message today. By the way, I want to make sure that I give a shout out to our good friends uh, at Next Level Training Center. I want to give a shout out to Trent Britt, who was uh, kind enough to sponsor our program. 
and I want to give them a shout out as they they actually uh, sponsored our program. They had a great event on Sunday, Kyle. They had so many boys there. They had a huge event. They had the big tryouts on, I think it was on Saturday. Uh, Trent told me that things are going very, very well at Next Level Training Center in Greenville. Uh, give them a call, 252-756-NEXT, and you can give them a call, and they'll tell you all about uh, everything they have coming up. If you want to be a member, you can find out about memberships. You can uh, go there as a guest. Uh, you can do that like we do because we don't live in Greenville, or we would definitely be a member there at Next Level. But you can go to Next Level. Uh, tc.com and they have a great call you got to check out their facebook page they got a really good facebook page but uh, trent sent me a nice note and i want to give him a shout out i uh, appreciate him sponsoring extra innings we're going to have extra innings with Corey glore coming up on sunday and he'll talk about the duke game from uh, certainly last night and the charlotte series this weekend uh, friday saturday and sunday uh, as uh, man that charlotte team is red hot right now yeah, I need to just try to take two out of three. If we, believe me, if we go 4-0 this week, this would be a special week. But uh, uh, we can get two out of three this weekend in Greenville. Take it and be glad. Um, that's uh, Conference USA is a pretty solid league. Charlotte's good. Uh, the Florida schools are good. Atlantic and FIU. Southern Miss is good. So uh, if we can take care of business against Charlotte this weekend, get two out of three, have a three in one week, and uh, – and celebrate. What about the? Uh, did you? Uh, one question I want to have for you, Kyle. What did you think about the the fans being back in the stands last weekend? I was good to see. I mean, there really was a bunch of a crowd there Friday that I could tell, but uh, Saturday was a was a nice crowd. Um, it was a good game Saturday for them to watch. So it was pretty competitive. Um, so uh, uh, it was great to see them back. I mean, I hope those numbers keep increasing and. One thing I would encourage people, if you can't use your ticket, make sure you get it to somebody that can. Um, it's only 1,200 people allowed in, so if you have a ticket and you can't use it, get it to somebody who can. No question. By the way, fans, I want to remind you, too, go ahead and uh, something I'm glad I thought just thought about, haven't done uh, so far, but I will, is uh, renew your season tickets for football, 1-800-DIAL-ECU, 1-800-DIAL-ECU. You can also go to ecupirates.com and renew them that way. But, uh, Kyle, there's going to be a lot of people in the stands this year. I have a good feeling. Yeah, uh, hopefully we'll be 100% capacity. Uh, I, I, I think we will be. I guess there's a slight chance we won't. But I, I think we're going to be back at 100% by uh, by September. So, uh, yeah, get your tickets. Like you said, ecupirates.com, $100 ECU. And uh, don't forget, if you if – you, uh, if you if you rolled your money over from last year, you need to go check your email or check your mailbox because your your season tickets have already been paid for, and they want to know how you want to receive them. And uh, Dave, this year uh, it looks like we're not going to have traditional tickets available. It looks like your two options will be print at home or either a ticket on your phone. So uh, that's that's an interesting thing. I chose a digital ticket, so uh, I will have my tickets emailed to me. And then I will put them in my wallet, my Apple wallet. And uh, that's how I'll be going oh, to the games this year. I guess that's what I'll be doing the same thing, my friend, as I have an iPhone. Uh, Kyle, I was very excited. Uh, speaking of next level, um, Alexander actually had a chance to go. We were talking about, and he actually got to showcase something very, very cool. And that is from our good friends at pgxgloves.com, Kyle. And I'm telling you, you know, uh, one of the things Bubba did this uh, past week 
he actually put in those uh, that golf glove and a lot of people are going crazy over that golf glove that they have at pgxgloves.com yeah well that's what i've been saying for a while uh if you uh if you happen to be out in our audience and you play golf like so many pirates do and go to pgxgloves.com get yourself some golf clubs uh you know, baseball season's starting up now. Uh, if your kid plays baseball, little league, middle school, high school, whatever, get them some batting gloves. Uh, PGXGloves.com. Uh, put in code ECU at checkout. Save yourself 25%. And don't forget about their swag. They got pretty cool T-shirts, hats, et cetera. No question. And also, we want to remind uh, our friends that uh, they're very thing with the baseball and softball coming up. There are a lot of people that are uh, taking advantage of that 25% off again, uh, promo code ECU, and uh, get 25% off. Want to uh, talk again about extra innings uh, brought to you by Next Level Training Center. We'll have that big show coming up on, on that'll be on Sunday night. And Kyle, I tell you what, very excited about, we're going to have uh, just for, for us, we'll have uh, coming up, we'll have, there we are back with us. We'll have, uh, Coming up tomorrow night, the overtime is Pirates, uh, the, probably the 9 o'clock, 9.30, 10 o'clock, will be uh, doing that. It's going to be a lot of fun as we're going to be talking Pirate basketball. And that'll be a lot of fun tomorrow night. And who knows? Anything can happen. That's the great thing about uh, the, a tournament. Look at the ACC. There's already been upsets all day long in the ACC tournament. And the same thing can happen. And uh, t- tournaments all over the place. Appalachian State making – their first tournament appearance since 2000, Kyle. That's a great with the, in the Sun Belt champion. Yeah, congratulations to the Mountaineers. Uh, why not? <laughs> I know you're excited uh, about that, but who knows what will happen. We'll have all the results after the game. We'll have the uh, – obviously, we'll have the results, and we'll also have the post-game comments from both coaches with Johnny Dawkins and from Joe Dooley. And the players will find out that about tomorrow night. And Kyle, I'm just so excited about uh, that. And obviously, with uh, football, it's a great time to be a pirate. Yeah, um, looking forward to it, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow night for overtime. All right. Until next time, fans. Thank you so much for being with us, and we'll see you again tomorrow night right after the game. Good night, everybody. <laughs>